0: Um, Just go there and search for Adam Swim Silly. That's Adam Swim Silly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. All donations greatly appreciated. Thank you for helping me to support Calm. And now on with monkey tennis.
1: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role
2: I must do it on foot. Can't remember why. It will be called The Footsteps of My Father Walk. My home isn't insulated. Monkey tennis? Heathrow is just an absolute tit of an airport. Quite simply, cows. Monkey tennis? With a stupid Ewok head. Blobber on him, Love you, aim. Monkey tennis? A total wazzock of a guy. Infinity, the final frontier. Monkey tennis? We will talk about it now, Mr. Nichols. Monkey tennis? Motherfucker. Gary Wilmot? Okay. Sue Cook? Okay. Dale Winton. Okay. Monkey
0: tennis? Oh, fuck off, Nick. Hello, friends, and welcome to Monkey Tennis, the Alan Partridge fan podcast, where the journey of 160 miles begins with a single footstep. We're working our way through Nomad, and I'm Adam Brooks, and I'm joined by Tom Dark.
3: Nightly buggery
0: marathons. Nick Alder. Wow, security guards really are terrible at figurative speech. And Tom stab.
4: Infinity, the final frontier. (laughs) So, uh, Uh, news.
0: uh, (laughs) I hand the baton over to Nick, who uh, has gone into the next four chapters in deep depth. Can so we just
3: ask nick how nervous he is at first? very
5: nervous to take the bat on um from adam although couldn't help but notice your hand was shaking as you gave it to me adam <laughs> nervous that i'm going to show you up
6: <laughs>
5: <Unlikely>. <laughs> right let's get started Who's got something? (laughs) (laughs) Just a bit of fun. Just a bit of fun. Seriously, I I should start. Then I really
3: do have (laughs) anything. I I start.
5: I'm going to go now. Jed, anything? Thumbs up from Jed, we can start. We're we're recording. We've got the thumbs up. I thought I'd start with some overall uh, highlights. This is across uh, both of my chapters, but there were some things that I just pulled out that. Both of your chapters? Well, across both of my parts. So, so across up, the eight chapters. Okay, so across the eight yes. chapters, these are some of my uh, some of my highlights. Um, so when Adam gets a uh, hide and seek rob, calls it hide and be seek, Adam. So, Don't call him Adam. Again?
6: <laughs> <laughs> Adam
3: Partridge, <Alec> <laughs> Alan Partridge, Alan Alan, 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 Alan. My name is Alan.
5: Nick, <laughs> we're off to a great start. Let's yep. keep going. Uh, bum's bag instead of bum bag. Uh, the dated references to Darren Day, Samantha Fox, and Lloyd Grossman. The word ace, soccer save. The term. Love you, Aime. Uh To infinity, the final frontier, acting the big man on campsite. <laughs> hey, my assistant's name and, yes. a, and a ruck bag.
3: Yeah, I love that. Hey, my assistant's name. That's yeah, one my
5: yep. So chapter nine, the journey of 160 miles begins with a single footstep. Quite poetic
4: from Alan, I feel like. Yeah. I can Beautiful. tell that
0: he, he thinks it's profound, but it is just what happens, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dumb. 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 Dumb.
5: <laughs> so alan is on his way and in his words making good progress um there's a, a gag here about uh denise and fernando uh did anyone actually uh fall for this and think that at any point denise and fernando were in any way with him or participating in the walk
0: no uh not really i mean it, I, the first mention of fernando is fernando has picked up some glass or a bit of grit and is clanking audibly so i mean you know initi you know immediately it's not actual fernando i
4: was i was traveling when listening to this and i kind of maybe zoned out for literally like 10 or 12 seconds or something like that and when i realized what he was actually saying i was like hang on what is going i thought it might have been a dream of some sort i knew it obviously wasn't reality Mm. but i I wasn't particularly sure what was happening so i was going oh this must be a dream of some sort yeah
5: i was thinking do we think that alan will see this as a kind of you know? A sort of a touching gesture, like it's a nice thing to do for your children to name your your (laughs) shoes as like my two my two children are the very things I pound into the floor each day for eight hours. (laughs) But he's he's seen it as like wow, what a thing to do! Like
0: I'll wear my shoes after my kids, and then also very much sort of blaming Fernando the shoe for picking up glass (laughs) as if it's the shoe's fault. My uh, other highlights included
5: um, Fernando's mind being warped by puberty. Is such a thing possible?
4: <laughs> are teenagers' minds warped by puberty? I think in Alan's viewpoint, it's, it's, not hu- it's not hormones or anything like that. It's like their minds are being warped. They're going through like a brain change rather than kind of like hormonal or chemical changes.
0: Yeah.
5: And um, crucially, of course, Carol so his mind is warped by (laughs) puberty and and Carol 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 being their mum their maternal mum
0: I like as is his uh, as is his want uh, Denise very much second in the pecking order when it comes to descriptions and also uh, probably described in less favourable terms than Fernando
4: but that's Denise she can be a cold
5: fish unless she's drunk Do we think that that's some kind of reference to Denise potentially having some kind of drink problem, or or not? Well, well she's, it's always been hinted at that she's a bit of a free
0: spirit.
3: Yes, bit so, a bit of a wild card. To yeah, change that's a yeah. bad
0: attitude. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it, the picture that emerges of Denise is in well the way that she's described by Alan, you would think that she was kind of. uh quite off the rails like very out of control but i think really it's just that she is she is a woman who does not care about alan that much yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah. it's kind of like when you've got like a friend of your parents and they're like oh i saw something the other day and he's really gone off the rails and it turns out all that's happened is he's had his nose pierced and got a tattoo yeah but it's like in alan's mind probably fairly small alternative moves from denise are kind of wildly outside the norm yeah i was also very much uh troubled
5: by the line um forced my feet into their gaping mouths although in alan's <laughs> mind they're very happy about this with him um kind of projecting on them by saying thanks dad thanks for the foot pops
0: <laughs> <laughs> do you think there's also a bit of intentional tone deafness in the fact that when he's walking along with some uh some glass in his shoe the way that he's chosen to write this down is the same as a racial slur uh yeah, yeah i know what you mean I, I think he's i think he's done that out of uh out of a sort of a, a kind of what's the word like just an ignorance yes of, that you wouldn't you, sh- you didn't yeah. ought to have used that that phrasing
3: because i guess it's kind of like a onomatopoeic thing but anybody else would go oh i'll, I'll rewrite that to something differently exactly. because they'd be a bit more yeah. in touch with the times
5: yeah i do think um you get some nice lines in here so the fact that uh, they use the line a shiny brass hat and a one-toothed shark for essentially the fact that a pin has gone into the bottom <laughs> of his shoe and that's all it is <laughs>
0: Um, a, a nice bit of redundant information as well where he says i've named my walking boots fernando and denise after my children fernando and denise <laughs> yeah that's that's basically the payoff for that joke again it's one of those like it's just trivial
5: information for you know how many hundreds of words for the ultimate payoff that you know he's named his shoes denise and fernando after his children denise and fernando
0: <laughs> when he says i jemmy the pin out and throw it into a hedge isn't shouldn't that be jimmy I always thought it was Jimmy. Is that the joke? Is that the joke? I think that's the joke. joke. It was either that's the joke or it's always been Jimmy and I've got this wrong like bow and arrow.
3: (laughs) (laughs) A A Jim bow
5: and arrow um so this is essentially alan um walking to his home in 12 cecil road Uh, he recognizes that his address has not been seared into the public consciousness such as uh 10 and 12 downing street and the address of sherlock holmes which he himself does not (laughs) reference
4: does uh, anyone know where sherlock holmes lives is it
3: 229b
5: no (sighs) baker street well it's on baker street yes but you've got the number
0: wrong
3: it's 22 something b isn't it Yes, but I need the
0: complete number. 221B. Correct. Uh, I I saw Jed uh, motion it. I cheated.
4: (laughs) I'm living a few doors down.
3: Um, (laughs) And and isn't there an extra gag about he's previously... I can't remember exactly what it was, but there's something where he's previously talked about how much he loves Sherlock Holmes, like he's read every book, but if that was true he would know the address of where he goes.
5: <laughs> yeah exactly um and uh, at this point we find out that alan's mum has very clear views on uh, holmes and watson being uh, gay lovers with an overly detailed analysis of uh, their gay life which to be clear is not documented anywhere in the books no it's just her theories it's isn't just it? her theory i
3: think it's absolutely brilliant because this bit goes on for far too long <laughs> yes, <laughs> way it too, too long absolutely <laughs> crashes through the taste barrier and it's very funny
5: well there's a podcast that is dedicated entirely to the subject of are Holmes and Watson gay? Um, like a is, fan fiction podcast? Well, it's only an episode, to be fair, right. um, but it's part of the uh, decodering Ring uh, podcast. So, if you want to go and look that up, uh, it's available wherever you get your podcasts. And they do speculate on the theory as to whether Holmes and Watson were gay.
3: I get it, so that probably is quite a common. There probably yeah. is a lot of fan yeah, fiction yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, I yeah. would imagine. Ma- or maybe, maybe Alan's mum was the first uh, Holmes and Watson fan fiction writer. Quite possibly.
4: I mean, we won't necessarily go into all the description of what um, Holmes and Watson get up to. I think uh, we should do some, though. Some, I mean, uh, regular heroin consumption, which kind of fuels their homosexual lifestyle, uh, nightly buggery marathons. There's actually a little detail um, that is in the audiobook that isn't in the uh, in the written version of uh, Nomad. The line from, uh, from Nomad is uh, Alan saying, Mother was left in little doubt that the reason Holmes seemed to lack compassion as he stood over the body of the story's latest murder victim was because he was too Busy salivating at the prospect of what Watson was going to do to him that night. Now that's in the book, and then there's a little line in the, uh, that's added in the audiobook which is, She also believes Holmes snorted cocaine off Watson's backside. <laughs> Again, just a little thing that is added yeah. in by Coogan in the in the audiobook that doesn't appear in the in the written And it, it seems
0: like she's developed this theory in order to basically disapprove and be homophobic about it. It's not like you would think someone that's gone to these lengths would do it because she actually wants them to be gay lovers and thinks that's a good thing, whereas she's come up with this elaborate thing just so she can be like, I oh, don't, oh, don't Alan, like it. Oh,
3: Alan, it's disgusting and let me tell you more about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I did enjoy as well, uh, theirs was a relationship in which nothing was off the table. Uh, and the, uh, the bit where he writes... Seems hard to believe that the landlady wouldn't at least have noticed a thud of Holmes's body as it hit the floor, unconscious once again, thanks to an over-tightened bull gag. Once again!
4: <laughs> Mrs. Hudson is complicit in this gay relationship. Absolutely.
5: <laughs> we get a little further insight into Alan's uh, early childhood and his uh, relationship with his parents, um, where he would play the popular children's game, Hide and Be Seeked, or as I called it as a child, Hide and Seek. I'm not <laughs> sure if anyone else called it Hide and Be Seeked. <laughs>
3: i think that's the joke
5: yeah that's the joke um however uh it turns out that alan's parents would basically go looking for him in the cinema obviously <laughs> the, <laughs> that's so good. The, the, the joke being that they weren't playing with him and they would just let him hide and yeah. they wouldn't want yeah, to alan, with him. Get,
3: go over there uh we'll try and find you in a back in about three hours so
5: is this um you know baby alan being uh neglected or is this uh, a false narration and his parents weren't actually this bad
0: I suspect that he probably hid and then they they looked for him. They couldn't find him because he's very good at it. And then they would call out, Alan, Alan, please, the game's over. We have got other, we need to go, other things to do. And he refused to come out. And eventually, I think they just lost patience. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, they possibly were slightly neglectful, but it was certainly uh, through his antagonism that they got there.
3: I think that it's, it could be an, an interesting mix for this because you've definitely got the unreliable narrator and his whole thing about the, the hard upbringing yep. literary tropes yep. Uh, which I think are definitely embellished. So, yeah, it could be a bit of both, I guess.
5: Yeah, Um, And we arrive at Cecil Road to find uh, out that the house has been yanked down and made way for a business park.
4: Well, Uh, as we know in real life, 12 Cecil Road is very much... Alive well.
5: Very much erect. (laughs) Like
4: Holmes and Watson.
5: (laughs) Yeah. Alan is delighted when he finds out that it's the regional headquarters of Carphone Warehouse instead of being something which arguably could have been more useful, such as a leisure centre or a playground.
0: (laughs) I can absolutely imagine him trying to use this tidbit of information to negotiate a discount on some sort of uh, iPhone or cup holder (laughs) Uh, from the car phone warehouse well like
3: my house used to be here please going to have a free uh, hands free car
0: kit I mean he's got he's got a pretty enthusiastic approach to to getting freebies and what he'll do
4: in return for them look at the uh, look at the Kia in Alpha Papa (laughs) etc the new complex covers a large area and Alan is intrigued to see which bit of the organisation now calls his home its home Um, he says he would love it to be the office of one of the senior management guys but has to accept the possibility that it may just be the men's toilets or the desk of someone in the social media team (laughs) absolute put down for anyone that works on the social media team hello (laughs)
5: yeah equating it to shitting basically yeah yeah,
3: yeah. (laughs) it's really hard to tell the difference
5: um alan is obviously keen to get into the building because he wants to start from the very exact point um that his uh, house stood however Stu, the security guard is having absolutely none of it um alan literally uh resorting to just picking names out of the air in the hope that someone with that name works in the building but Stu, uh seeing through it is not having any of it um This gets to such a ridiculous point that Alan basically ends up having a five minute uh, candle vigil (laughs) in uh, Stu's uh, little office to the point where Stu literally can't get past him, even when he needs
0: to fulfill the roles uh, of his job.
3: Um. Uh, or even when he's busy letting off mm.
6: <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, a couple of nice notes as well he slides in very late uh, once he's been trying to uh find people that work there for ages but he's gone on there on a saturday and that's why there's nobody there yeah. uh, so it was doomed to failure i also thought it's quite good that all of the uh, names that he guesses that there might be someone there are all very much kind of baby boomer like people's mum's names sandra janet judith etc like they're all very much you know he's he's looking he's going after names of people from his age group basically
3: and, and I like the fact with, with Judith, I think it turns out there are there are three Judiths there. Two of them aren't at work because it's Saturday whilst the other is a workflow manager. And I don't think she can help me because I don't know what that is.
4: <laughs> Brilliant. Um, little question to the group. Has anyone sort of gone and visited an old place where they've lived just to see like if anything's changed or, you know, just to see, you know, if the area's changed at all? Like I quite recently, just because I happened to be in the area, walked <laughs> past one of my old houses when I was a student, hoping that someone might pop out and I can have a little chat with... <coughs> but you see it sometimes in TV shows where people go oh I used to live here can I come in and have a look no obviously not but I was yeah. wondering if anyone's been to visited any old haunts
0: uh, went back to my old house in London a few weeks ago mainly just to make sure that the woman who used to shout out of her window over the road had moved it does seem that she's moved on so was she the one Very. who
4: shouted at you about having a barbecue uh,
0: no that's. Oh, a that was in one. Bristol yeah no I, I incense middle aged women wherever <laughs> yeah, I live I, see,
4: I can see one consistency there's a pattern yeah. forming there's a pattern forming
0: whether I'm having a barbecue or just trying to get on with my life <laughs> (laughs)
3: Um, there is something about this chapter which i really enjoyed which uh just to skip back ever so slightly because i think this is absolutely brilliant and i think ties in with quite a good theme that follows throughout nomad uh, you have a bit where Alan talks about imagining John Travolta, because, uh, he's imagining Travolta, uh, as he is now in a kimono and underpants walking the same walk in a hotel suite, his eyes fixed on the terrified intern he's instructed to watch him. I snap out of it. That's the thing with imagining. You can't always choose where it leads.
4: I mean, you literally can. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, obviously that in itself is a joke, but I like this fact that Alan actually, he can't control his imagination or his imagination always leads him down dark paths that he wishes he didn't go down, and they're often quite homoerotic, and I think there are quite a few instances throughout Nomad where that happens.
5: Or in Iron Man and Partridge, when he's lap dancing uh, for or Tony, that. Tony Hayes, you're saying that he's not in control of that scenario, he can't not imagine it, is what you're saying.
0: Mm. Or, or that's does. what he's yeah. saying. He, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. he doesn't believe he's in control of it, but he, it, it's basically a part of him as led him yeah. There. Yeah, he, yeah. He
4: wishes his mind didn't take yeah. him there, but it does. I also like the idea that, I know it's fa- uh, fantasy, but John Travolta... Uh, employing an intern just to watch him. Yeah. <laughs> watch him do what? So he's always I think it might be, being a kimono. <laughs> I think it might be bad
3: things. Oh, God. Bad and but, wrong. The bad, thing, bad and wrong.
5: <laughs> bad <laughs> and wrong. Yes. So on to chapter 10, and I'm on my way. And we are going to throw to Tom Dark, who has compiled. A chapter by chapter, where applicable, update on how many miles Alan has covered. So, Tom, over to you.
3: Yep. Thanks, Nick. I've broken this down day by day. So, chapter 10 is day one of Alan's walk. Uh, he will cover.
0: <laughs> it's taken 10. <laughs> chapters I
3: know. To start. A, a third of the book <laughs> before he starts to walk. Brilliant. Um, he will go from Cecil Road to Newton Flotsam and he will cover a distance of six miles in, in day one. one. Day. That's wow. day one, six miles.
5: He has got a heavy uh, rock bag, to be fair. At this point, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So at this point, we find out that Alan prides himself on his ability to recognise car horns, excluding lorries. He refers to it as a skill. Um, (laughs) I don't know how many other people would have this uh, skill um, in terms of recognising car horns. Uh, He's also imagined this into a game show format hosted by uh, Darren Day, where the grand prize for for the game show, if you win it, is
0: a tracker bar.
3: And again, in his imagination, he doesn't even win the quiz show that he's imagining. Yeah.
0: Yes. And it's not a fresh track of art. It's one that's been stored in his <laughs> bums bag. <Yeah. laughs> um,
5: but Alan does get the laugh, last laugh here by um, uh, letting Darren very much know that he does own the format. So uh, <laughs> he's very much the real winner.
4: I own the format, mate.
5: Yeah.
3: Did you not enjoy that uh, Alan thinks each car horn is as unique and special as a human fingerprint or a doggy's woof? Mm-hmm. Um, the <laughs> Shep loves it too, mum. Yeah. The game
0: show he obviously imagined uh, being uh, presented by Darren Day. Just a quick Darren Day update for anyone who's wondering where he is. My folks uh, went on a cruise recently and he was performing on board. Just thought I'd let you know. Thanks for letting us know. Um, That's
3: our new regular feature. <laughs> Where's Darren Day today?
5: Yeah. <laughs> Darren today? No? Anyone?
3: Yeah, if you like. Yeah, yeah,
5: yeah. Sure. Um, Let's move on. Yeah, okay. Uh, I mean, basically, Alan has throughout that kind of uh the next few pages like alan is basically walking in the road um which is why we're kind of getting these car horns so alan is kind of like subliminally thinking about car horns priding himself on the fact that he's got this ability to recognize uh them but it becomes clear that he's basically just meandering into the road
3: and i will say i have read chapter one of watling street and he's also walking down the middle of a road oh, really? coincidence ah. i think not
0: uh, I like that the, uh, this car horn equivalent of a 21 gun salute has warmed the cockerels of his heart. I presume <laughs> he means cockles. Yeah. yeah. Uh he
5: also salutes um uh, the fine people of Norwich. Um he I, I found this a bit baffling to be honest. Um he just sort of says if they were a, a cheese they'd be um, Tesco Finest cheddar. But I'm not not and, well it's even, even
3: worse than that. Yeah, if they were cheddar they'd be Tesco Finest cheddar. I
5: don't really understand that. I was trying to sort of I was trying to sort of connect the dots as to what this all meant, but I didn't really uh, I mean, get anywhere with it.
0: I, the best I've got here is 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 that he's saying that they're really good people and the best cheddar That's that the he, best, thing the best can think cheddar of. he can imagine is Tesco
3: finest yeah. cheddar it's a bit like what's the best thing isn't it yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the best
5: of the Beatles etc um so yeah it becomes clear Alan is just walking in the road so people start yelling out "Way are you up to Alan Where are you headed to Alan why are you walking in the fucking road Alan <laughs> <laughs> very good Uh, uh, yeah that is a lift from the audiobook that is the way that alan uh, reads it much like uh, the cheese explanation i don't really understand why alan pretends to be congenitally blind which is why he's walking in the road yes it it provides a good mental image and i'd be lying if i didn't smirk while you know whilst reading it and yes it's funny and yes it provides a reason to explain why he's walking in the road but I don't really understand it and I can't really put any flesh on the bones as as to why he's doing it other than reporting the facts as I see them. <laughs>
0: Anyone else got anything? <laughs> No, I think you've, uh, I think that's as much, uh, as much coverage as we can give it really. Um, it's just a, yeah, it's a bit of a contrived conceit to to get him walking in traffic, isn't it? Yeah.
5: I mean, again, a recurrent uh, thing that we've heard around Alan supposedly loving walking uh, at this point, um, much as we've heard before, we hear that Alan uh, doesn't even seem to enjoy walking and the only people that should be walking in the road are people whose cars are broken down uh, and sex workers, which I've put like, you know, why should sex workers be on the road? I don't understand <laughs> got to get their business somehow yeah or those following it following in the footsteps of their father which obviously
0: he is <laughs> um he also said yeah he says it's the only those are the only reasons a person should be traveling on foot next to a carriageway so he's contradicting uh the alan of i'm alan partridge where he basically walks uh, next yeah. to a carriageway to go and get his windscreen washer fluid
4: that, gold finger that's so what he's singing <laughs> we've all seen it
0: it's at this point
5: that we get a bit of an english lesson around the use of intonation um much misused by lloyd grossman which i did enjoy for anyone that remembers uh, lloyd grossman when he was on masterchef i can certainly remember him taking diabolical liberties. hello
4: liberty. and welcome to masterchef and through the keyhole let's not forget hello yeah. and who welcome would, to through the keyhole who
0: would live in a house like this <laughs> um so he from
4: is he Canadian, Canadian I yeah. think. think so uh, I think
0: now he's just
5: um, smashing the pasta gravy sauces isn't oh, he yeah. <laughs> um, although we were having a chat at work about these uh, this is a complete tell topic, us more and, and God, Not, <laughs> not my notes. crazy um, times at your work your these, these are off notes now um, we're just saying that they are a bit pricey Anyone, anyone agree? Just a bit pricey. Oh, I don't th- think I've th- ever looked. This no. is great
3: chat.
0: It's really good chat. I mean, to be honest, <laughs> when I go looking for a pasta gravy sauce, an endorsement from the man who used to do Through the Keyhole <laughs> is not really, not really driving me.
3: Well, that's what I'm looking for personally in my, my <laughs> pasta sauce choices.
5: Although the one um, food endorsement I would back is... Ainsley, Harriet,
4: Cuscus. Absolutely. I completely back you on that Sorry, one. Sorry, is it's, that a real thing? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's good. Very much so. What? Staggering. It's God. good. Literally, yeah. just put it in a bowl. Hello, Jill. <laughs> <laughs> what
0: ex-Richard Madeley's fungal foot powder. <laughs> <laughs> um,
5: Alan basically tries to educate the reader on um, the use of intonation, and he uses an example with the lines, thanks very much. So what we're going to do now is just go around the group, um, reading out the uh, different emphasis on different uh, lines in that which is as follows. <laughs> the following, which is... <laughs> Perfectly explained. Achieving, <laughs> Achieving. So I'm going to start. So Thanks very much. Thanks very much. Thanks very much. Thanks very much.
3: Thanks very much. Thanks
5: very much. Thanks very much. Thanks very much. I mean, mean, that's covered it. That is is it, basically. How was that for you? I mean, that was really good. (laughs) That was it for everyone else. That was
3: quite powerful.
5: I do like that Alan suggests that the reader might be shaking at this point once they've grasped the concept of intonation. (laughs) (laughs) Or if you're sitting...
3: yeah, shaking I think we can all agree that our, inis- our initial scepticism has given way to a sense of awe because the true possibilities <laughs> of the English language has unfurled before our very eyes.
0: Uh, I like that he describes people who might be on p- crowded public transport and chose not to say them aloud. Uh, are, are They lack class and are assholes. <laughs> At
5: this point, Alan is worried about the height and weight of his bag. Although we do get a nice little um, segue into a story where he tried to give Eamon Holmes a fire lift back to his car, but his knees buckled before he even got off, When he even climbed on. <laughs>
6: the,
3: oh, yeah, so the thing about the rucksack, Alan says it's stuffed full of kitten protruding a clear foot above his head.
0: Yeah. <laughs> a beautiful detail about Lynn here as well. He says uh, he doubts her internet research because she once was caught raising her hand when she wanted to make a bid on an eBay auction.
3: Brilliant. <laughs> I love those sort of things about yeah. Lynn, about asking Jeeves and all that yeah. stuff. It's
0: it's the
5: end of day one and alan has arrived at newton flockman he is already in his words a few miles behind where he should be <laughs> but he's convinced he can make this up so as tom's already mentioned he's he's kind of falling behind where he needs to be even though his bag is heavy at this point uh, his progress only kind of gets worse so it's at this point that he needs to kind of um set up the tent which is only his bag but lynn has obviously packed his bag but kel surprise There is an error here where Lynn has misunderstood um, Alan's packing instructions, which (laughs) essentially he's put things uh, in a numerical list, which Lynn has then packed at the bottom of the bag, whereas Alan expected them to be at the top. It's a completely innocent mistake. And whilst it's going to take about 15 minutes for Alan to get the tent out of his bag, he's just not prepared to invest that much time to get it out. I think Alan is in the wrong here. I think the point is, either way, the error could be interpreted on, on either person's part. But the fact that by his own admission, it would take a maximum of 15 minutes to get the tent out of his bag, <laughs> he's not and he's not prepared to do that. No, I would That's agree
3: Alan is in the wrong because he could have just bloody packed the bag himself. Yeah. Yep.
0: Um, there's also a little trend developing here where he, on the promise, or not even a promise, of uh, a TV show or some lucrative work, has basically spunked loads of money on expenses, hoping to claim yeah. them back. The 12 grand on the design consultancy that he then <laughs> refused to pay, now £699.99 on a tent made to withstand Arctic winds, but he's only going to Dungeon S. Power station it's kind of like when he bought the five-bedroom bastard house
3: and i like that the south african shop assistant did tell him it was overkill for a truck in the uk but he'd gone ahead anyway because i'm just that kind of guy
0: no, no,
5: so a far better idea in trying to set up the tent that he spent all that money on is to go to see an old acquaintance. It's Tony Cloak, of course, someone we've never heard of before. Nope. Um, but uh, yeah, he knocks on um, Tony's door uh, and he's got a lot more hair than he remembers. <laughs> so does anyone want to talk us through the exchange when he knocks on Tony Cloak's door?
3: Yep, it is absolutely brilliant. It's one of my favourite bits of this section. Uh, Alan? And then Alan, hello, Tony. Long time, no text. Tony, you still owe me three grand, you prick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> also, great that the premise of him going to Tony Cloak's door is he says uh, he lives right here He lives right here in Newton Flotman. I shall borrow a tent from him. Well, I mean, he could just stay with him as well.
6: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think. Yeah, that's
5: really well, I guess at this well, point, though, he's well, probably well. trying to remain faithful to the walk. So he wants to sleep outside in the tent because it is like the first night. So if he falls the yeah, first, yeah, time,
0: but I guess he on. needs the tent for future dates as well. It's
3: not just yeah. about tonight's but at, but at no point when he's laid out the footsteps of his father walk, because he said that he has to camp or anything like no. that, there I are mean, no extra rules he, he on He can't
5: it.
4: even remember why he has to walk. Exactly. <laughs>
5: yeah. And he hates walking, remember? remember. Yeah, he he doesn't even, like, and yeah. owns two
0: cars. <laughs> yeah.
4: So it turns out that uh, Alan has uh, rear-ended Tony's car, just to be even more clear, he means <laughs> the car re-ended Tony's car. And then it cuts basically to, uh, long story short, um, he gets the tent, uh, he says, forget about the car smash, he needs to borrow a tent. Uh, Tony says sure and then he says I've condensed our conversation to cut out the bits that aren't relevant but in brief we restarted our positions vis-a-vis the accident he grabbed me by the throat I smashed him in the balls he tried to roundhouse me but couldn't he's 56 we realised this was stupid hugged hugged again did high fives hugged again cup of tea slice of cake borrowed tent Hug for the road walked away brilliant absolutely brilliant did that actually happen do we reckon? Uh, uh,
5: it's, it's quite honest I, I think it, so
3: because yeah. I, I like, I like the, the idea that it's something that is A very truthful blow for blow account. He's actually condensed and then you get a really detailed analysis of something that may not have happened.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and also, it it continues his sort of lifestyle choice of associating with emotionally volatile people, be it Mm. Michael or, you know, there's countless people through the history of Alan that basically the only reason they tolerate him is because they themselves have have a a part missing.
3: There's also a brief description about Tony that Alan gives, which I really like. He says, A man who can't eat a sandwich without his front teeth ending (laughs) up looking like they're wearing gloves made of chewed bread. Oh. a delightful description so
0: he's on his way to uh, put up tony's massive tent um and uh he, he goes onto a bowling green then for, <laughs> basically starts to daydream of course uh, he imagines himself as a bowling ball he says i'd roll around the glass round round and round round and round until with a gentle clack i bump into a smaller white ball hello i'd say i'm black hello the white ball would say i'm white and then in unison we'd say and that's just, just fine, fine. At the time, I've been listening to Ebony and Ivory
5: a lot. Yeah. So,
6: yeah.
0: Nice. Uh, yes, Alan
5: uh, attempts to make an erection with um, Tony's <laughs> uh, tent, which is obviously uh, massive and does at one point involve uh, him crying. Uh, it takes him about four hours, uh, and then he basically finds a smaller tent in the bottom of the bag. Um, but, oh no, it's a Buzz Lightyear tent. Uh, but not to worry, Alan is happy to sleep in that.
3: A sleeping vessel of a child. I did also enjoy... The, um, <laughs> because in the book he writes after four hours of trying dash i nearly wrote crying then brackets which i did do actually <laughs>
5: uh, anything more before we move on to today is today i.e day two of my walk nope chapter 11 Today is
0: today, i.e., <laughs> day two of my walk. Accuracy over brevity, once again. Yeah. Yes. Would
3: you like the uh, the day two walk stats?
0: I'm going to throw to Tom Dark to get the
3: <laughs> day two um, walking stats. Tom Dark, have you got those? I'll tell you what. I'll give you the day two walking stats. On day two, Alan covers 14 miles. He goes from Newton Flotman to Diss. So a bit more respectable then in terms of coverage. I think that is nothing to be sniffed at. 14 yep. miles a day. Yeah. Fair play.
0: Reasonable.
5: Um, so Alan has slept in a child's uh, tent for the night or described as an alien fetus um, with an <laughs> Alan emerging from, from a birthing sack uh, I would I would be quite keen to see uh, Alan sleeping in a Buzz Lightyear tent or to be honest any grown man sleeping out in the open
0: in a Buzz Lightyear tent
4: it so- kind of reminds me of uh, it's not a tent but when Ace Ventura comes out of the rhino's arse and yeah, old-
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's know, yeah. very reminiscent to me of the episode of Sonny in Philadelphia where an oiled nude Danny DeVito <laughs> Yeah, so comes yeah. out of a sofa that he's been sewn
3: into i was exactly thinking of that um so say so, uh, you're kind of talking about a, a fully grown man emerging from a tent what about a fully grown man that might maybe go to a music festival and can't find their tent and ends up sleeping outside on the floor has, has anyone ever done that question I, to the group i can't mean i, ha- I i've certainly
0: been to a festival with someone who has i mean i know I, I
3: haven't no Tom. same 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 so i mean jed no it's, uh, oh nick no,
5: okay. um I know what, you're, I know what you're, you're, you're probing for here and yes, in twenty in, <laughs> 20, do, do in 2016 I did cycle Land's End to John O'Groats for, for charity. <laughs> naked. Uh, I didn't do it naked. Um, so yeah, charity is a big thing for me but I don't like to talk about it much but thanks guys for recognising it. It's a nice opportunity. To Basically.
3: And then what happened at 2000 Trees Festival Yeah, 2017? I mean, all
0: I would say is if you are going to attend a future uh, edition of 2000 Trees Festival, do lock your tent after you get inside it for fear of a lost, confused and drunk Nick Older <laughs> attempting to sleep in your porch at three in the morning
3: oh, he had a really great time oh,
5: just a really good time it's at this point that alan gives his first sensible piece of advice and suggests that um, people should pack an electric toothbrush which i wholeheartedly agree um, quickly want to go around the group uh, does everyone use an electric toothbrush keen to weed out
0: those that are still on manual electric uh, i'm electric at home but manual for travel
4: agree i am a manual oh dis- disgusting and, and you're like bamboo bamboo toothbrushes yeah. because yep. i am pro environment the environment is good well done planet earth is good what what the,
6: a, con- <laughs> a
5: controversial stance what are the baffled. Nick into silence <laughs> no i've got a question what capitalist the, nick what are the bristles made of
4: bamboo you you absolutely you, bamboozled 100 <laughs> percent recyclable Okay. Made from recyclable materials. <laughs> okay. Okay.
5: Okay. okay. Yeah. Um Fine. So you brush your teeth with a with a bit of bamboo like a
0: panda. Uh, yeah, that yes. sounds great. And, yeah, and you brush your teeth with hardened oil that's been made into plastic. What do you brush your teeth with then? The same.
4: I'm all just right. saying. <laughs>
5: I'm just saying it's not if you that break unusual.
4: No. All I'm saying is. I'm pro Earth. Nick is very much big business, big oil.
5: Uh, I got a keep cup this year, so you can rack off bouncer.
4: I'm drinking from a keep cup right now.
3: And you were the last of the four of us to get one as well. Yep.
0: Um, we've also missed. We've also missed where he uh, he misreferences Buzz Lightyear saying infinity, the final frontier. <laughs> uh,
5: so, Lynn has offered to sherpa for Alan, which I thought was um, very nice of Lim.
3: I wonder, though, has she offered or has she not been given a choice in the matter? I she has
5: offered, to be fair. I genuinely think she probably would, wouldn't yeah, she? Yeah, she has. Like uh, a little mouse. Despite <laughs> being female and 70. Lynn is 70
4: she's
5: shattered <laughs> oh my god um although uh, alan uh, i'm actually surprised that alan says no um which sounds like a nice thing on the face of it but actually it's, it transpires that he got her to carry some microwave up and ovens up a flight of stairs <laughs>
6: uh, so
5: uh, perhaps he's not quite the gentleman so a little detail
3: i missed multiple microwave ovens as yeah. well yeah mm-hmm.
1: brilliant
5: yeah how many yeah. does one need i don't know but i reckon i would struggle to carry multiple uh <laughs> microwave
0: yeah. ovens yeah. also why exactly? <laughs> what, was the, what was the setup for that? Uh, can I talk a little bit about the uh, reference to laser questing in here? Uh, oh yes, please. Yeah. say this: my entire body is a hurt zone, a laser questing term for when you find yourself diving for cover, but then the others find you anyway and jump on you. Um, <laughs> did anyone look this up? Uh, I yes, I did. Um, I didn't find I didn't find hurt zone as a legitimate term, but no, there, there are a set of terms that are specific to it, laser questing. It's exactly that. I, really, I, I stumbled on a massive Reddit
5: thread which doesn't have hurt zone. Did you find spocking? uh i can't remember the list was massive of all these like strategy and military like maneuvers and and... i am staggered this is brilliant
0: yeah Yeah. Uh, well i just like to explain spocking that's my favorite of the terms (laughs) it's basically much like the uh the live long and prosper hand symbol uh the vulcan hand symbol you basically move your fingers into a v shape over the laser so that you can fire but crucially not be hit yourself isn't that known as cheating yes it's a cheating move yeah um also laser quest founded in 1989 just thought i'd throw that in there
5: thanks adam so
0: alan um insists at this point that he's going to
5: jettison everything apart from the essentials and basically get fedex to to deal with his pack uh daily so at this point i thought it might be useful just have a quick recap so to be clear by day one he didn't cover the ground that he wanted to, <laughs> falling short of his uh, initial targets. After night one, he failed to erect his tent and ended up sleeping in a Buzz Lightyear tent. <laughs> By day two, he's offloading his pack and essentially now just going for a walk. Uh, and he's also decided that he's not going to camp anymore.
0: Fantastic. <laughs> so it's going great really guns. great
5: at this point. So, that's
3: the thing. Is it, is it, do you think it's inferred that he probably set out a rule for himself that he was going to camp every day of the walk and then abandoned that within two days? Yeah, yeah. Basically. Uh, and isn't the detail about the FedEx arrangement as well the fact that Lynn has to hand deliver to FedEx? So it's yeah. like, what's the point?
5: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> why not just get
3: Lynn to just drive from place to place?
5: So it's breakfast time or cookie. Does anyone call it cookie? By the way, no, that's not a thing, is it? No, that's it's just, just that Alan uh, thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he also suggests that uh, breakfast was invented in the war. Um, I mean, there's <laughs> there's quite a lot on uh, the internet about the breakfast and where it kind of stems from. But it's essentially an Anglo-Saxon tradition uh, that goes back to the 13th century, apparently. But the good news is the breakfast provides an excellent segue into uh, Gary Wilmot's wedding. Always keen to hear more about Gary Wilmot. <laughs> keen to hear more because you don't know who he is. Yeah, t- tell yeah, me more. That's not my fault that I didn't know who he was, though. You I know, know who he, he, is he is now. I know he is, is now. Is he a footballer? I thought he was. <laughs> um, so, yeah, just a nice segue into uh, his wedding with uh, his wife... Uh, Joanne, although his actual wife is called uh, Sarah, so ah. factually not
3: correct. Well, you've done some actual research. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
5: I went onto Gary Wilmot's um, Wikipedia and reading just just reading it, I did think it had a bit of a partridge ring to it. See, okay. what, see what you think of this uh, this little chapter.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: <clears throat> although Gary wasn't born into show business. Uh, brackets. His father was the bass voice, uh, that sung the unforgettable line, I am a mole and I live in a hole. Close brackets. <laughs> <laughs> unforgettable. Yeah. He had no early ambitions for the stage. However, he had always shown talent to entertain. And so, with encouragement from those around him, he took his first step on the road to stardom. Innumerable guest appearances on television culminated in several of his own TV series gaining him a national star
0: profile. Just thought that that was a, had a slight kind of Alan ring to it. If this Wikipedia entry doesn't have, uh, needs verification at the top of it, when the whole system is broken. <laughs> yeah, that basically exactly. means like a press release. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Last edited by G. Wilmot.
4: <laughs> is there an in popular culture section where it's referenced that he's talked about in Alan Partridge books?
5: Uh, I'm not going to lie, I didn't look. Although it wasn't an overly detailed entry, it. so I doubt it. Um, Alan talks about uh, all the different items that uh, you can uh, that he had at Gary Wilmot's wedding, including um limp uh, pork slices. Oh. Which personally, I don't know where you stand on this. But one is it back or is it streaky? And two, is it crispy or is it limp? I would say it's back crispy, and crispy. It's,
4: crispy,
0: it's back smoked crispy.
4: Either any, but it has to be crispy. Yeah. Okay, I was going to
0: say I'm okay with
5: are you
4: uh, a limp, limp pork cylinder? And it You're can a be damp
5: fan. It can be floppy and wet. Yeah. But are the, these yeah. dating app names again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't. I, I the fat should either be rendered or just you know removed.
0: very important just, yeah. uh, gary's got similarly stringent guidelines uh he doesn't believe in uh, having pre-cooked items being kept warm under catering bulbs saying i spend my life on stage under lights i wouldn't wish that on a sausage yeah i mean Fair point again i un- just just further unnecessary
5: detail obviously it's great but further unnecessary detail about the breakfast having brace yourself guys Two types of mushrooms, <laughs> portobello and a button. Uh, Alan, offered,
4: uh, Alan opted to take both. Question to the group. Do you think a cooked breakfast as a wedding buffet option or wedding dinner option is a terrible idea? Or do you think it's not actually that bad?
0: I think it's pretty bad, but if you put it on the morning after a wedding, you would be the
4: absolute belle of the ball. That is very true. Yeah. A bit novelty, but I don't think it's awful. I think I've definitely had worse wedding food it, than th- a cooked it, breakfast. Maybe it depends...
3: Because some people have quite early wedding ceremonies. So say if you have like a midday ceremony and then you could make that more of a brunch, brunch type vibe, that could work.
0: Better still, get married at 6am and have the breakfast as your reception. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's a solid plan. Yeah.
5: Um, I, I mean, I absolutely love this bit where the uh, the, the, the joke, inverted commas, so it says... Uh, that Alan makes an observation by his words, not even a joke, that the mushrooms um look like a duck and her ducklings uh, that have been turned into fungus. At which point, apparently Gary roared his words like, did he? That's barely even a joke. No, no way. <laughs> yeah. Um, And then immediately Gary gives him a slot within the speeches to relay that joke, which again, just doesn't, it seems like an odd thing to lie about because why would you? It seems like an, uh, an honest admission, but equally
0: why would Gary Wilmot do that? I, I, well, I think it, it goes one of two ways. I can believe in the world of the APU that Gary Wilmot is relatively easily pleased. I mean, he's he's invited <laughs> Alan to his wedding. Well, yeah, yeah he's invited yeah, Alan yeah, to his yeah. wedding and given him a plus one. We find out on the on the following page. Yeah. Um, but even so, I think it's just it's not a good joke. I mean, it, if
5: if Alan is to be believed, it's at the point in the speech where Gary is saying how beautiful his wife looks. At which point he throws to Alan to make that joke about uh, the of mushroom looking like fungus um but it, alan uh, basically fumbles the gag uh, a bit like me in this podcast <laughs> uh, and, the joke, and the jokes are lost on everyone <laughs> a bit like uh, me on this podcast this is essentially
3: the point that if you take the 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 setup that alan and gary are firm friends they're basically they're both idiots
5: right okay so gary wilmot is an idiot according to you
3: in the apu fine okay
5: got you um, so we find out as well that Alan's plus one is Sue Cook um she has reduced john stapleton to tears she can't cook but she will sue um and uh that is uh, the the summary of gary wilmot's um wedding and i for one was uh glad that we got a little more insight into into gary and his uh, uh in his wedding
0: i also like when he's talking about taking sue because as his plus one that uh mm. that he's he's decided he could use the end of his marriage as leverage to get close to sue when obviously <laughs> were he still happily married he wouldn't need the leverage would he yeah
3: and yeah well it's a, yeah clearly a, a candle has burned for sue uh for a long time in alan's world yeah
5: um alan is now in uh the local cafe for his breakfast uh denby's his which, cookie his cookie which for some reason he assu- he he presumes his family run um although has absolutely no knowledge of it being so uh <laughs> Again, if I be believed, this menu is genuinely a bit baffling. So you've got the Mega
0: Breakfast, the Double Mega, the King, the Best, and the Double Best. I mean, you do get a lot of cafes that are like that, though, don't you? The yeah. Goliath, the Goliath <laughs> Plus, Goliath Vegan, you know,
4: like... Goliath 2, this time it's goliath Exactly.
3: It's the sort of thing where it's like, if you can eat our Gut Buster breakfast in 20 oh minutes, Christ. you can have it for free, you're on that sort of place, isn't it?
4: I, I do like, a, a little step back, uh, the bit about uh, Rick Stein as a lover of all things Rick Stein. Um, I like it the bit where Alan goes, uh, it's like when Rick Stein visits cheap local restaurants run by grannies and pretends the food is as good as proper restaurants.
5: <laughs> Delving even deeper um, into the Denbys experience, uh, there's a slight <laughs> set to um, with uh, the owner. Oh, this um, is great. Yeah, and uh, at this point, Alan uh, decides that it'd be a good idea to apply uh, deep heat um, within the cafe, uh, which if anyone's used deep heat will know that seriously it stinks (laughs) it really does um and it takes it takes a bit of a dark turn i'm not sure how we feel about this but i I think this is a slightly dark moment in the book where alan falls in his words utterly in love um with one of the waitresses does anyone have any uh comments or thoughts on this
3: yeah well i love the way that this is another one of those condensed stories where he could have actually gone into a lot more detail about what happens much like his altercation with tony cloak earlier um because yeah in the book this is literally covered by uh there's a brief incident not relevant to the journey, although if you must know, I spotted a waitress there, fell in love with her, utterly in love, stayed in the cafe most of the morning so that I could just be near her, told her how I felt. She didn't want to know. We had a chat, bit of a cry. Her dad got involved and we agreed to leave it there.
4: <laughs> God. This is another example. I mean, obviously, I think it's safe to say we're we're big fans of this book in general, but this is another bit of the book where... It's so visual that I think it would really have worked as some kind of visual, you know, in some kind of visual medium, either as a proper series or a special or something like that. There's so much stuff in here that you can mine for like proper visual gags that I think it would really have worked as a TV series. Do you
3: you mean something like that could be like a a montage where he's trying to gloss over it or something? Yeah, Yeah.
0: a a montage with, imagine a montage with no music, just sort of clattering of background cafe noise and like the, the hours tick by and it's just him getting furtive glances at her yeah it it absolutely would work wouldn't it um i just yeah uh,
5: the fact that she involves her dad the fact that she ends up crying
0: <laughs> for me is just like
4: i don't think she ends up crying no. i think it's him who okay. ends up crying no, bit, that's how i read yeah. it okay <laughs>
0: especially as he's described it as bit of a cry yeah. which is <laughs> how he likes to downplay his own yeah can
6: distress. we
4: can
0: we at least agree then though that she's probably quite young if her if her dad's got involved
4: god yeah yes, yes. which
5: i just think is, Alan. is the dark turn bear in mind he's uh you know quite comfortable championing himself as like you know successor in the tree generation <laughs> i think that this is maybe
0: uh a slight uh, proof that he's maybe not the saint that he makes himself out to be. He also described Denby's as a small business that's been run by the same family for decades. This is a guess, but I think perhaps it's an educated guess based on the fact that both daughter and father work at the work right, at yeah. Denby's uh-huh. together. <laughs> so what the dad is actually
4: mr denby I mr. Think, yeah. mr denby
0: that he tried to explain a vignette to earlier yeah i think yeah i think he's, tried
5: he's
4: th- already pissed off with it yeah <laughs>
0: because he's put deep heat
5: everywhere yeah, he's cracking yeah. onto his daughter he's become emotional
0: from denby's fifth best breakfast yeah. and an overdose of deep heat and he's tried to yeah. claim a denby daughter <laughs>
5: chapter 12 flint tom can i throw to you or is this not applicable in this chapter
3: uh, there is no progress to speak of in this chapter
5: <laughs> okay fine um so flint is the spin-off from the could still be a smash uh hit swallow um it could put norwich on the map it could
4: Why well, would we I want to do that good point yeah
0: <laughs> swallow was also covered in eye partridge wasn't it
6: yes. yes as
4: well
0: so it's been it's yes. in, it was in the tony hairs meeting and it was fleshed out in eye partridge exactly yeah. okay. and this is
5: essentially the flint um equivalent i don't know what uh, anyone else thinks but the distinctions between Swallow and Flint appear to be incredibly surface level. Like, there isn't actually much of a difference between the two. Um, so Swallow is obviously the ITV1 show, um, with Flint being the spin-off that um, can occupy ITV2. And he describes it as pure ITV2. I genuinely don't know what that means, but I did enjoy the fact that he is prepared to bend to advertisers by putting it in uh, the colour palette of Foxy Bingo.
4: A a key (laughs) advertiser for the station.
5: Yeah. I think this says to me that Alan is prepared to satisfy
4: advertisers. I won't bore you with the details. Uh, and then spends four four and a half pages and a whole yeah. chapter in <laughs> going into the details. Um, oh yeah, this book is about my
3: father, not my drama portfolio. Yeah,
0: but here we go, yeah.
3: <laughs> strap in. Yeah, uh,
5: excellent use of um, an APU, um, which in itself was stolen from the MCU, but a universe uh, style environment where mm, mm. Uh, uh, Flint and, and Swallow kind of occupy the same uh, sort of environment. I was shit. Big fan look, of it's
3: Flint. <laughs> yeah.
5: Um. So let's break this down Flint's basically widowed himself by drunkenly drunkenly lighting a cigar and then falling asleep in bed completely or seemingly unaware that half of the bed was burning
4: (laughs) (laughs) just one half (laughs) just one
5: half and he was able to sleep through that Um, and then in the morning his wife isn't there and the big twist is we don't know if she's dead or has escaped (laughs) and seemingly may never know Um, that is basically the big uh, the big question and this tragedy prompts him to quit his
0: job as a stuntman to become um, a fireman So Alan describes uh, Flint as a late joiner to the force uh, so he uh, has a lot of life skills that the rest of the brigade lack but also crucially he's not picked up their bad habits or addiction to pornography uh, it's very much tarring uh, all yeah. firemen or firefighters he says as firemen like to call themselves uh, with, with, a, with a wide brush
5: he there is some good news however in uh what is a show that's seemingly uh littered with tragedy and that is that he will no longer uh, drink or smoke in bed something we can all be grateful for um so we don't know if his wife has been cremated or not in the fire. That's obviously one of the big central conceits. And that is going to keep audiences coming back to find out um, if Flint can ever track down whether his wife escaped or whether she sadly perished in a fire which only
0: consumed half of his bed. So is the argument here that if she escaped, she, so she either died in this half bed fire or she woke up, realised that his cigar had lit her side of the bed on fire and was so annoyed that she left him never to come back?
3: Essentially, yes. Right. Um, she didn't even try to put the fire out she just uh, ran out of the house never to return. Not
0: worrying yeah. that it might burn her husband but luckily it stopped at the halfway mark of the bed. Is that is that yeah. what we're led to believe?
3: Yeah I think we can all agree that Alan's firmed up a really solid storyline here.
5: Oh there's, there's absolutely no holes in it despite the fact that he goes on <laughs> to say that uh, Flint will often mistake uh, his wife for strangers or a red setter dog.
0: <laughs> so, uh, there's a very long uh, descriptive passage about how Flint keeps himself in shape as well. Uh, more of Alan's sort of thinly Veiled uh, admiration of the male form.
3: Yes, that gets very homoerotic,
0: doesn't it? It does yeah. indeed. Hardly any droop to his body whatsoever. Uh, broad shoulders, supple rather than bulky, lithe. Uh, observers will glimpse the odd ripple in his forearms, but they're arms that suggest muscle rather than boast it. Well, what I'd say at this point is um I have got a
5: quiz um that I thought I would uh, furnish you with. How do we feel about a little uh, flint? quiz strongly in favor oh yeah okay so before we wrap up um i have a uh, flint quiz to give you but does anyone have any final comments before we go to that
3: uh well i just liked a few more details that alan puts forward about the show that uh sometimes uh upsettingly flint will make out his wife's face in the flames of a barbecue or on a slice of burnt toast and do a double take (laughs) um and the idea about uh viewers um seeing the crossover between uh flint and swallow exclaiming shit look it's flint or shit look it's flint drinking bourbon and looking at the fireplace with wet eyes um <laughs> and just another little uh kind of dig at itv2 uh at the beginning of the chapter when he's talking about the color palette of foxy bingo uh and uh he's saying about itv2 this might just be in my imagination the volume will be higher by quite a lot has anyone else ever experienced that those um particularly a channel like ITV2, the moment you get to an ad break, they, because the way they condense the audio on the adverts, they actually do feel like they're louder. Oh, I yeah. thought
4: you meant because old people watch yeah. it. so they have to turn the volume up because they've got old,
3: bad old hearing. Old people aren't watching ITV2. No,
0: that's ITV4. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, yeah, you're right. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I think that's a known thing on all ad breaks is they, yeah. boost, they boost the volume because yeah. they know people will be in the kitchen making cup of tea and they still
4: want them to play Foxy Bingo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just a quick question to the group. Any thoughts on who would play Flint in a TV version?
0: Um well I can I can see oh. your suggestions and I'm about to explain why you're bang wrong. Oh really? Uh, yeah. So
4: my my suggestions would be possibly someone like Colin Firth or Sean Bean.
0: Yeah, I think I mean I,
3: please, I like Bean as an
4: idea. Please that's remember
0: good. this is a low budget ITV2 property so you might get Bean you'll never get Firth. Yeah, I think I'm thinking very much more a post line of duty rebadged Neil
6: Morrissey.
0: Uh yeah, <laughs>
3: that's good. Although no, they he's need in good shape. More, more yeah, strikingly handsome. Though. I you think need someone a bit younger with more more rippling muscles. Yeah, someone like I think Are Bean the, is a good putting himself forward. Oh God, it's just one word. I think Paul McGann. This is like this has Paul McGann. Yes, it does. Yeah. McGann yeah. could be good. Yeah, one of good. the McGanns maybe. Jed, does a good shout. Madeline. <laughs> Jed, it's a good shout, but I am annoyed that you've gone over your word limit. Yes, again. <laughs> it's
0: um, just so unprofessional. I can think of lots of people it's not good enough for. <laughs> oh, strapping. <laughs> it's certainly not John Sim, um, And uh, uh, oh, I spoke... Mm, if someone's looking for a change of tack, not Neil Morrissey, but Martin Clunes. <laughs> <laughs> he's busy filming Doctor Doc Martin. Martin yeah. Yeah.
4: Oh, that's true. Sim's a bit too young, I think. Oh, he's nearly 50 and Flint's is fifty, 50. So
0: um, Sim's too good for this. Sim is, Sim is basically ITV1 for life at this point. Sim is pure ITV1.
3: Yeah.
5: Okay. Um, are we ready for the uh, mini quiz?
3: Yes. Why why is it only a mini quiz? Can't we have a full quiz? No,
5: it is quite mini. (laughs)
3: Okay, mini quiz then.
5: So uh, I struggled a little bit in terms of what the quiz should be about, because obviously it's going to be about Flint, but you obviously are pretty well versed in uh, Flint. bearing in mind you've heavily researched um, this book, so you're you're completely. Familiar oh, I mean, with we're the...
3: pro- we're professional broadcasters at this point. Yeah. So
5: in theory, you're going to smash this, right? So what I'm, <laughs> I'm going to do is I'm going to read out a line, and as mentioned earlier, uh, swallow does feature in a chapter of I Partridge. So all yeah. I'm going to do is read out a line. Is it a reference from one of the two books about? uh swallow or flint
3: okay so so do you want a group consensus on this
5: or i think for the sake of ease and sanity let's just go for a group answer okay okay so you want
3: swallow or or flint flint. correct let's play
5: okay he has a restless mind even in his downtime he downtime he has to occupy himself i think that's swallow. i think that's swallow. swallow. it's swallow he's a keen gardener cook and birder
0: I think that's Swallow. I
4: think that's swallow, I
0: think swallow, as well. swallow as well. Yeah, It's
5: Swallow. He has no middle fingers on one hand. Swallow. It's <laughs> Swallow.
3: Can I just take a guess? Are they all Swallow? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> His friend is
5: Chan. His friend is Sw- Chan. Swallow. Chan. Swallow.
0: Swallow. It's Swallow.
5: You sure they're oh, all Oh, Chan. Swallow? I thought you were saying Jan. No, Chan. Chan. No. Like 4chan or 8chan. Um, that's a thing. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, eight okay. hands not a thing at the moment. Oh yeah, topical. Let's topical. Not go down that rabbit hole. It goes without saying the show will look
0: terrific.
4: Could be either. Could oh, be oh, I'm right. going to go with Flynn. Oh, I, I think it's
0: still swallow. Oh,
4: really? <sighs> guys, oh, guys, oh God, I need
3: an answer. Uh, I'm going to go swallow. Let's go swallow. Is it so swallow? Yeah. Uh, correct. Oh, but you're sure these aren't all swallow correct <laughs>
5: <laughs> 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 he's busted a jewellery racket sky high oh that is flint no oh no that's, sw- no, that's
4: swallow that's swallow solves yeah. crimes that is flint
5: oh, oh, no. thank you very much fair booger. he's an outsider but he kind of likes it that way
0: oh that could be either mm. flint uh, i i would say swallow but happy to go in the majority
5: <sighs> swallow swallow it's Flint. Oh. He tracks down hoax 999 callers. That's Swallow. Gotta be. Swallow. Swallow. It's Flint. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Shit, look, it's... Swallow. Flint. Flint. It's Flint. Oh. <laughs> he has a self-destructive streak,
0: always hurting those he gets too close to. I think that's Flint. Well, Flint did burn his own wife, so... Yeah.
3: Flint? Uh, go with the majority. Swallow. <laughs>
5: what are you saying? Which one are you saying?
3: Swint. <laughs> Follow. Help me
5: out. Swallow, swallow. It's Flint. Uh, um and as Noam was keeping track of the scores, we don't uh, know how no, well he did. No, no,
3: we 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 scored
5: six. Uh well done. <laughs> uh, you've got six points. <laughs> out of
3: how many was it?
5: Oh my god. It was out of ten. Oh. Six out of ten. So well done, right. you got six out of ten. I'll take um, it unfortunately at seven it unlocked a prize which involved <laughs> Jed doing a quick dance for you but you've not unlocked that I think so that, it I that's
0: fine can't happen yeah, I afraid. can unlock that for the change in my
5: pocket so it's <laughs> fine uh,
0: so that brings us to the end of this episode of Monkey Tennis the Alan Partridge fan podcast uh, if you want to get in touch with us please do uh, Nomad Theories and General Partridge uh, queries are uh, all welcome thepartridgepod at gmail.com is our email address facebook.com slash Pod. twitter we're at The Partridge Pod. instagram at Pod or the monkey Tennis Hotline is open for voicemails and WhatsApp voice notes 07923 ninety three six we We'll be back with another instalment from the Saga of Nomad next week. Until then, thanks so much and goodbye.
4: Bye. Bye.
2: I must complete the journey that my father never could. I must do it on foot. Can't remember why. It will be called The Footsteps of My Father Walk. My home isn't insulated. Monkey tennis? Heathrow is just an absolute tit of an airport. Quite simply, cows. Monkey tennis? With a stupid Ewok head. Love on him, Nolsey. Love you, aim. Monkey tennis? A total wazzock of a guy. Infinity, the final frontier. Monkey tennis? We will talk about it now, Mr. Nichols. Monkey tennis? Motherfucker. Gary Wilmot? Okay. Sue Cook? Okay.